Hi there, it's Carlisle here, your your regular host of Dungeons and Dragnos. You're probably thinking, this doesn't look like an episode of Dungeons and Dragnos, and that's because this is not an episode of Dungeons and Dragnos. This is a wonderful collaboration of lots of different podcasts come together to talk about mental health. Uh, there will be a regular episode of Dungeons and Dragnos coming very soon. But in the meantime, please listen to this if it, that at all interests you. It's a great, very frank discussion between me and uh, several other wonderful hosts of different podcasts and if you enjoy it in the description there are links to other conversations on different podcasts with completely different podcast hosts with other just frank conversations between people just being honest about mental health it's it's really important uh, we're doing this for October 10th Mental Health Day uh, so thank you for listening and I'll see you later for some new Dungeons and Dragnos content Hello there, Maisie here just dropping in at the beginning of the episode to say thanks for taking the time to listen to You OK Mate, time to talk about mental health made by the Podmates for World Mental Health Day. What you're about to listen to is various hosts of podcasts, some of which you've never spoken to each other before, opening up to each other about their own experiences with mental health, which I'm sure you'll see isn't always easy to do, but it affects everyone, whether you're going through a rough patch or have a diagnosis, and it's important to talk about it. And we hope you find something to take away from our conversations and inspire you to start your own. And now remember, we're far from experts. We're just trying to work through our own issues. Now, it's time to talk. Welcome to Are You Okay Mate? Time to Talk About Mental Health, brought to you by Podmates, just a group of podcasters coming together for World Mental Health Day and hoping to help you open up about your mental health by talking about ours. Now here's the voices you're going to be hearing today. I'm Maisie from the Beg to Differ podcast. I am Carlisle from the Dungeons and Dragnos podcast. Uh, I'm Alex Ryan from the Alex and Alex podcast. And I'm Rudy M. Spence from Dogger Presents. Awesome, we got through the names. Excellent. That's the hardest bit over, guys. Now time to talk about our feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Right, is there anything anyone wants to start with? (laughs) This is like every group therapy session I've ever been to, where they're like, who wants to start? And everyone's kind of looking around the room like... (laughs) Except we can't see each other, it's a podcast. (laughs) Yep. Wow, this is awesome. Everybody's looking around their respective rooms. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm doing that like tugging at the collar thing from The Simpsons. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how how do we want to start? Do we talk about our own experience, or maybe talk about the stigma, or where do we want to kick things off? Let's start about uh, you know, how it affects us. Like, what are what's our current mental state? <laughs> oh <laughs> god, a good way to start. <laughs> Any volunteers? <laughs> All right. Um, well, my name is Carlisle. You guys can say hi, Carlisle. Hi, Carlisle. Hi, Carlisle. <laughs> hi, hi, Carlisle. <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've had lots of mental health struggles uh, throughout my life, and I'm uh, I take antidepressants now. But I'm starting, I've learned a lot of things on this journey, and yeah, I'm learning. It's taught me a lot about who I am and and what I'm comfortable with, and how. Everybody has a completely different experience with this. There's no one street for anything. Mm. Yeah, I, I've tried lots of things, and they haven't been 
great for me in ways that they typically are for other people. Kind of things like therapy haven't really been beneficial to me. Um, yeah. But I've found other things that I like, like having a creative outlet. I pour lots of angst into my music. A lot of people are very surprised sometimes when they listen to my music because I'm an idiot on things like Dungeons and Dragons, and then uh, all, my, all my music's like really sad. <laughs> I get what you mean, though. I get. Uh, I love what you're saying about putting it into a crea- creative outlet um, because uh, I have quite a lot of issues with um, built up, pent up rage um, that I just carry around with me, just all the time, just bottled up rage, like from. Things have happened to me that I'm still annoyed about. Stuff that's really tiny, I just carry it about with me. And so I made a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's kind of the opposite of what Carlisle did. He went into like the, <laughs> the wacky podcast and having fun, and you went in just full of rage and just went into yeah, it. Which is also a, a valid way of dealing with it. It's a creative outlet from, from <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, what's yeah. going on. I am. Um, yeah, like I've had like what I would call mild depression and anxiety, nothing like too heavy, but just like again, the creative outlet has helped me. Like every day, like just sitting with a guitar, even not even putting stuff out there, but just sitting playing my guitar has helped me in ways that like even talking to people hasn't sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like something like a creative outlet isn't necessarily even putting something out there, but it's just doing something for you. Yeah. Um. How did you guys sort of? How do I word this? How did you first kind of like become aware that maybe you, you know, something was going on, and you know, you sort of realised that you weren't feeling, you know, quite the way you you think other people were, or you know, how you wanted to. Did that make sense? Yeah, that made no, sense, no, no, yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just a hard <laughs> question. Yeah. Sorry, it really I'm hard, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it's a good question, though. It's a good question. Um, I don't know, because I think, I think I've had a really kind of weird experience with it, because it's like, I was in denial for a very, very long time, mm. and then... I had that fun cocktail of realizing that something was objectively wrong and being like, I'm too smart for therapy. Like, so you know, that shit that people have, where it's like, oh, I, I don't need to get help. Like, yeah. <laughs> or I really need to get help, but I need to get help so badly that uh, no one's going to help. Like I did a like a level psychology. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around the block a few times. Yeah. Like, um, and yeah, it was just kind of like that forever. And it's amazing how much denial. And, and I, I was thinking about this also. Like, I find this such a hard thing to talk about, especially in this kind of context, because it's like you're always. I, at least I'm always trying to at least make it entertaining and get people to laugh. And objectively, some of the shit is funny, but it's also like it's how you present it and how you frame it. And I think I was always pretty bad about doing that. About being like, you know, just making the, the sort of really dark jokes that people will make mm. and then laughing it off and someone's like, are you all right? I'd be like, yeah, fine, ah, fine. Yeah. Um, but then it was it was third year at uni uh, where it became like objectively clear to external observers that I really did, like I really was in a bad way. 
Uh, and in the end, one of my friends, basically, he like locked me in his room and was like, I'm not going to let you leave until you email the counseling people. And I was what like, a- fine. Wow. That's such a, that's a really big gesture. That's yeah, a really great gesture for a friend. Yeah. He's, he's a really good guy, actually. Um, yeah. I think, I think a lot of the problem, well, not the, not the problems, but I think a lot of people don't know how to spot the difference between, um, you know, uh, something to do with your mental health or, you know, someone just, you know, being a bit shitty or being in a bad mood or something like that. Being able to tell the difference between what's just um, a regular influx of feelings. God, I'm just saying words now. I'm trying to (laughs) sound more professional, but I don't know what I'm fucking talking about. It is all making sense. You're putting that A-level psychology to good use. Yeah. You do it wonderful. (laughs) No, but... um. Yeah, some people don't understand, uh, can't quite spot the difference between what's just a regular, um, emotions, you know, going up and down, or, um, you know, what's actually something deeper in the surface there. Yeah, 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 totally. And also, it's hard to spot that even with yourself. And then it's even harder to know what to do about it. Mm. Sometimes, though, like, even being told it, you're not going to accept it. Like, because I, like, my, um, like when I had a bit of like mild depression, what happened was I ended up gambling a lot and ended up with a, a gambling problem. Uh, really? Yeah, wow, yeah. that is. I really did not expect that. Yeah, that that is one vice I've never really got. Yeah, no, I got heavily into like just playing like online blackjack mostly. It was just like while I was at work, just gambling like hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Jeez, man! Uh, wow. And yeah. Did you win? <laughs> sometimes uh, <laughs> I lost more than a, a one which is why I stopped and realised I had the problem is when I lost uh, like 90% of my wages on payday oh, oh my sh- god sh- sugar yeah so that was kind of <laughs> that was the moment I realised something was definitely wrong <laughs> that's uh, was it, I had to phone my mum um, and tell her that was really <laughs> what, what kind of kicked the... me into doing something about it uh, but did you find your parents were supportive yeah absolutely yeah yeah, both financially and morally, uh, <laughs> which was good. Uh, that is good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and uh, I'm still in a, a bit of debt from that time. But uh, yeah, but why? Why I brought it up there was saying that like a couple of my friends, like my close friends, kind of knew like there was a bit of a problem, but also knew me well enough to know that I'd tell them to f- off if they brought it up. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. I'm apologizing yeah, to myself in the that's... future for having to beep that. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can be really hard to, you know, consistently try and reach out to someone yeah. when they clearly don't want to be reached out to. Yeah. Mm. And that's, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really difficult to push yourself to keep making that effort. Yeah. Yeah. And also, at some point, you do have to draw lines and make boundaries, like even with people you love and care about. Like, there are some times where you're like, am I helping them or am I enabling them or am I like putting myself, you know, is this actually making the overall situation worse? And not just for them, but like for my own mental health as well. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that one. I'm actually going through kind of a similar thing uh, <clears throat> to that at the minute. My um, my parents uh, a couple of uh, years ago started the sort of divorce process mm. and... Um, you know, and a lot of people like say how hard it is on young kids, but you know, as a as an adult, 
it was still like a really weird thing to have to go through and sort of understanding ha- having more of an understanding of you know who your parents are as people and yeah. sort of mm, yeah seeing them as as individuals and um well as, yeah. as as people who who fail and struggle as well yeah exactly and that uh you know there's been there was like so many sort of dramas that sort of came out of it i'm no better no better word to say but um mm. yeah there was loads of kind of dramas that came out of it and you know it took kind of stepping back and being like i mean without going too much into it i was kind of getting the brunt of a lot of uh anger um because it couldn't go to the person it was meant to mm. and so and i was just kind of sitting there taking it because i was like oh well you know this is what what they need like they just need to get it out and i'll just have to put up with it but actually that wasn't good for me and i think sometimes because you kind of have that kind of guilt of like well it's not you know it's not i'm not getting the worst of it you know this is you know someone else is worse off than me but actually everyone processes things in a different way and yep. you know what's really you know what someone can handle is totally different to what someone else can yeah 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 totally it's really hard to try and nail this down to obviously it is a science so that's maybe a bad an- an- <laughs> analogy to use but you know it's people well, often, a lot of the time science yeah. is more art than science <laughs> <laughs> people often think they can attribute what works for one person to someone else I yep. think they're the same levels to push. So for some, per- if one person tells you "f off" or something else equally explicit, um, then you think, "Oh, well, maybe this person genuinely needs space because they need that." Or yep. you think, "I have to get in this person's face about this." Yeah, yeah. And I get, and 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 the other thing is, it's it's so difficult because. You know, we've said this a few times already, but it really does bear repeating. Literally, everyone's different. Every mm. situation's different. The same person can be very different on two different days, and yeah. it's so hard to to be sensitive and to be kind of caring and and you know good and loving. Because you know, often you know you want to be kind to anyone, and also if it's someone you love, you want to be extra special, caring to them. But without making it worse and without putting yourself at risk, and it's it's real difficult to know where that line is. And kind of the only way to know it really is to. I guess try and 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 fuck up a few times. Yeah. yeah. Mess up. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's also worth pointing out as well, especially for yourself. It's really good to think about, especially if it's like, oh, I want to talk to someone about this. I think it's really important to make sure you're finding the right kind of person to talk to about it. Someone who's not just going to sit there and give you the answers that you want to hear or, you know, someone that it doesn't really matter to you kind of need someone objective someone yeah. that's not in the situation um because otherwise you're kind of just setting yourself up to fail yeah but i think yeah. at the same time it's important that you find someone that um isn't too opinion because you know you won't always have that option where you've got someone who's not involved because you know if you've got a situation that's really affecting you then it's very possible it will uh, involve your best friends or, or whatever or your family and 
Um, but I, it, I think it's important to make sure that whoever you're talking to, they acknowledge that whatever you're feeling is is valid. Because you know, sometimes yeah. sometimes things feel ridiculous. I spent actually a lot of today and yesterday just being furious about something that I know is stupid, but it's that really is how I spend. Me. All day, every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'll just be, uh, like, scrolling through on Instagram, and I'll just suddenly come over with a rage of just, like, why the, why on earth do some people just get this potluck of just being born with a certain genetics <laughs> that makes them better in pictures than me, which means yes. that they get sent on holiday to just take more pictures of themselves. Preach. It's not fair. And I just... And like sometimes that'll that'll just pop up into my head, and I'll just and I'll just be overcome with. I'm even now I'm like shaking with anger, which is so stupid. I'm but, so I'm sorry, my Instagram upsets you so much, Maisie. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'll just I'll just block you. It's fine. <laughs> the genetically perfect Rory Spence <laughs> jumps in. The M in Rory M Spence stands for genetically perfect. <laughs> that is true. But I, um, but on that, I'm sorry to to jump. Oh, I'm, I literally, I literally just opened Instagram and then I, I, I scrolled down two posts and went, "Why am I doing this?" So far, I've got, um, I've got like a couple of good selfies, an artist post, someone in just a glorious sunset on holiday. Oh, <laughs> why am I? Okay, no, I just saw a terrible meal. That's good. I just saw a meal that looks bad. Good, good. Um, <laughs> nice. Let's yeah, just no, derive that cookie, shall we? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, though, because it, it's interesting that it manifests as anger for you, though, because you, do you feel it like a sort of righteous anger, like a, and I want to do something, or just a sort of powerlessness? I get the powerlessness. Oh, that's a really good question. I've never actually looked that too deep into it. Um,. But you don't have to, like. No, no, it's fine. Um, because the only times where I've really, because uh, other than um my own podcast, the only other times I've managed to vent about things like this was when I was doing driving lessons. Uh, back in my <laughs> teenage years, um, when I was probably going through probably the worst of my mental health. Looking back, um, and my my driving lessons ended up becoming more like therapy sessions. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess whatever works. Yeah, um, that's a good instructor. <laughs> I guess. Well, it, it depends what the instructor was doing about it. <laughs> if, they were like, if they were like, yeah, Maisie, crash <laughs> this car. <laughs> if no, at any right, point they told you to lie down. Cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> he would normally just laugh it off, and that would kind of calm me down a little bit, I guess. You should ram them, Maisie. <laughs> Do it, you know you she want to do it, Ram. She was actually in the car on her own. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I can't drive. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I think it's that I'm... I, yeah, I guess... Mm, I don't feel like I can do anything about it, but I'm... But it's not like... Yeah, I guess maybe it is a powerlessness. Um, and so I just end up being really vocal about it so follow-up question this you said earlier that this sort of this this constant state of incandescent rage um led you to form a podcast where you where you basically 
monetize and, and sort of turn that into into a creative outlet. Wow, I'm gonna put Do that you... put stop you right there. There's no money coming from this. <laughs> <laughs> monetize is the wrong thing. In I mean in theory there could be money. Um, uh, I'm a Patreon subscriber, so there's some money going somewhere. Oh yeah, that's true. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Let's find their Patreon page. Um <laughs> patreon.com slash beg to differ back to podcast. Beg to differ podcast? Got it. I'm just going to put my chips on the table now. I'm not about to patronize you. I have no money. <laughs> uh, it's asking to. It's me a to great confirm show. country of residence. I don't uh, know how I feel about that. That's for tax purposes. I only purposes. give my details to... It's for taxes for Patreon. Because they need to... Are you searching oh, up my Patreon? Shit. What's happening here? Oh, no, sorry. I got we're talking, we're talking about mental health. <laughs> so I, I was, That's what we're I was doing. saying... Um, did you find that the, the, the anger and rage spurs you to go out and do things? Like, to go out and... Well, I sorted this out, didn't I? Well, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's just useless. Sometimes it it can be quite funny because I'm very passionate about things that just don't mean anything, and I know that they don't. Um, and maybe that's also kind of to distract myself from the things that really do get to me, like. Uh, events that have happened to me in the past, like that I still, you know how like, you know when you go into bed and you're just like starting to wind down and then like this one horrible memory will just pop into your head and then you're suddenly just like, why didn't I do this? I should have said this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like I will get that at any point. Like that can come up for me like at any point in the day. And I'm sure it is for mm. everyone else. Um, so maybe, maybe it's kind of, that's my, brain's way of trying to distract me from those things is if i get stupidly upset about something that actually doesn't matter yeah that makes sense i'm not saying that it doesn't matter that i don't get sent on holidays to take pictures (laughs) of myself in the sun that's obviously a big concern for everyone uh (laughs) but yeah uh but yeah i never thought about it like that really before now I think that, that's probably that was a live revelation. <laughs> that's probably quite a common thing. I think people do get angry to like because anger is sometimes a preferable feeling. Yeah, I think I, I definitely feel like anger is one of it. it feels more active than yeah than sadness because like at least when I'm angry, even but then there's a dark side to this as well because if I'm just sad, I'm less likely to do anything self-destructive. Whereas if I'm angry, it could go either way. Yeah. So I think it, you know, it's 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 good to channel it, challenge it, challenge it, channel it. It's good to channel it into like yeah. something positive. But I think you've also got to be really careful what you're doing with that energy because you can deflect it off into into, you know, you can be be kind of getting angry at people that you have no reason to be angry with, which I do, constantly. Yeah, yeah it's a very good totally sort of short term cathartic way that has some real long term consequences that. It's very easy to sink into without thinking about how that's going to be an issue later on. Yeah. Mm. Um, going um from my little Instagram rage, uh, <laughs> how do you? I'm going to channel that into a, a, a into a topic. Like, how do you do? You feel like that kind of affects you in any way? Kind of like the media, any sort of, you know, whether that's social media or you know actual news or stuff like that do you think that you find that that affects you in any way yeah well it has at times like when i've been down about specific things i a breakup that's when you want to stay off facebook 
in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's some real life advice there. Yeah, because now for a hangover review of Facebook stalking your ex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Turns out it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> yeah, but that's the only yeah because I can't. I think I can kind of just ignore most things like on social media and stuff. Although, like, you, I think. The danger of it is just getting sucked into that world of social media. Especially if you're feeling down or whatever, you can just sit on your phone for hours on end, you know? Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. And you just yeah, I, I, and it's, it's almost like the fact that you're not doing anything else m- makes the situation a thousand times worse. Because it's like, maybe the you know the actual the content on social media isn't isn't that annoying like if you were to just see it casually and you know look glance down at your phone you wouldn't mind but yeah. if you've been sitting there scrolling blindly for like you know an hour everything it, it seems i definitely find that when that happens to me it seems to get worse and worse like the more things i see i'm just like everyone in the world has a better life than me and i've done something immeasurable you know irreparably wrong in the past yeah and the only thing i have left to do is watch these watch my you know watch my betters on instagram yeah, but I, and then you have to remember that that is like that is just like the life that people want you to believe that they have. Like deep yeah. down, we all have we all have issues. Spoiler alert, guys! Everyone you've ever met has some issues. It's hard to believe. Yeah, but then a lot of people. This is this is one of those things where, and also I think again, this is one of the issues with talking about mental health. Is um, at least for me. It, I, I can start second guessing everything and it can be like, am I just saying this because I'm crazy or is this something I genuinely believe? But I do mm. think that, you know, cause I'll, I'll have that thought when I'm sort of, when, when I'm in one of these moods or when I'm in one of these sort of, you know, down places where I'll be like scrolling through and I'll be like, you know, this isn't their everyday life. Like, you know, people present themselves better and I'll be like, yeah, but their highlights are still better and more frequent than my highlights. Yeah. And so it's, but I think I'm, I think I'm fairly sure then I'm just rationalizing a way to feel yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you, you could make yourself like, like you could go out and find a highlight to take up. You know what I mean? It's not like you're just like just sitting. Like, well, like if you're sitting doing nothing, like you could go outside and take a selfie of yourself and look better than what you're doing. You know what I mean? That is a great idea. <laughs> that is a great That's, idea. It wasn't, it wasn't a suggestion. That... It was a. It I might post a picture of my dog. It was just go outside, take a picture. That does raise a good point, though, because I think when when I me particularly when I feel really depressed, I just I I have no motivation to do anything. You know, mm. you just sit and you do nothing. Yeah. And getting over that, I find actually when I start doing something, I start to feel better. But getting over that hump to do something when mm. you just feel horrible is, yeah. is yeah, yeah, so yeah. difficult. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was I was gonna maybe segue into this and be like, what are some some really unhelpful behaviors or really sort of self destructive thing you guys have noticed doing in the past? So some things that you wouldn't recommend when you feel like this. And the only reason I say that is because it seems like we're all coming to the conclusion that you know if you're already feeling bad, worst thing you can possibly do is scroll through social media. Yeah, well, the no, worst the, the, there the, are worse things. Online blackjack have. is pretty bad. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. I'm not laughing. At <laughs> no, I, I said that to be funny. You're all right. Oh, good. That's fine. Um, it's not. I don't know some... what you were going to rationalise that with. No, I, was, I saw something really funny while I was scrolling through social media. That's what I was laughing. At. <laughs> no, um, 
it's not quite the answer to your question, but I do think it's important to mention. Um, because there's a lot of kind of unhelpful things, um, and especially, um, towards women as well. But don't worry, this isn't going to be a big feminist talk. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying I'm not doing a big lecture. Um, but there's a lot of, and especially with like memes and stuff like that, there becomes this massive divide between uh, men and women. Like, oh, these are typical men behaviors. These are typical women behaviors. And there's a lot of um, people, like, a lot of like things that are created that are kind of like, oh, but women can do this, do this crazy weird stuff because they're women. And I feel like that doesn't help. That's not helping mm. because a lot of these behaviors aren't healthy like being like you know being self-destructive and you know uh taking your anger out on someone and then two seconds later turn around and being like oh but hug me but love me that's not in that's not a healthy behavior that should be be like that you know people should be like oh it's okay because you're a girl that's that's not okay it's not okay to treat people like that and i don't think um and if that is happening that is something you should really look into well, absolutely, and just on the opposite side of that, there's the problem of like men not talking about their feelings because it's not a masculine thing to do, and that causes problems yeah. in itself. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah. Whatever reason, suicide is is such a higher, more likely thing to happen to you if you're a man, which is bizarre. But I, I guess yeah. that's why it's because men yeah, just from, from, don't from have what, that outlook. I mean, from what I've read about that, part of part of what's skewing that that statistic is that when men try and kill themselves, so like the numbers of attempts, there's much less of a discrepancy, but when men try, they tend to go for more violent means. So, so, so it's like men are just maybe just more successful at killing ourselves. But I think there is a discrepancy when it comes to even trying, but yeah, it's, that's, that's a, that's a big. So that's even weirder to me. How are men just better at killing ourselves? Well, because of the methods, like more violent methods, more effective. Yeah. That's what I've that's what I've heard anyway. But um, you know, uh, uh, you know, before I before I run off half cocked, I haven't done a full data review. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I, I haven't. I haven't done probably anywhere near the necessary research. We should, but, we should have probably that... said at some point we are not professionals. Yeah. This one anyway. Don't don't worry. It'll be said. Uh, there will be a little. A message from me at the beginning before oh, okay. this episode that's probably already said that good, good. okay <laughs> yeah. um, and it was probably clear the, by this point I know. one of the points I was making coming back to your question Alex um, about what's unhealthy when I earlier when I was saying that you know things very tiny things can just seemingly tiny things can just make you furious it's okay really to feel that because i think if something is really upsetting you then you need to establish that there has to be a reason why for that so one of the most harmful things i think there can be is if somebody just sort of explains away your problem you know sort of tries to rationalize it for example um for me growing up a word that was used a lot and still i you know it kind of has a negative effect on me whenever anyone describes me that way is uh sensitive if I had an issue, something was making me cry, I wasn't happy, it was, I, Carlisle's just sensitive, you know, like mm-hmm. trying to just explain away people's feelings. If they're really upset about something, even if it's something that seems silly to you, 
you should never try and just explain it away. You should try and find out why it's an issue. Yeah. See what you can do from there instead of just saying, you know, get over it or something like that. Because mental health issues are like any health issues, you know? If you are bleeding from the neck, you can't get over it. Yeah. You have I to mean, take steps could, to you stop, stop it. You can stop whining about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I, got, I didn't even try that. Oh, I feel stupid now. God. Look, Carla, you've been bleeding from the neck all this, this whole time. And I've had enough of you talking about. You know, I yeah, do maybe feel really tired all it, the time. Maybe it's the blood loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, another thing I want to mention as well, and um, something you shouldn't do. Obviously, gambling has, was a problem for me, mm. but something I've actually always been good at. Like I have mostly because I've built this up myself in my online persona as well as like my personal persona as a bit of a drinker I do like hangover reviews and stuff where I review things to watch and do with a hangover oh so that's what it's about <laughs> yes <laughs> yep. uh, that's what a hangover is <laughs> yeah and I do I, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't drink much I do but I make <clears throat> a point of when I feel when I'm feeling down or whatever I do not drink Mm-hmm. I make a point yes. of not drinking because that yeah, yeah, will yeah, only yeah. make things worse. And I know yeah, that. Yeah, I, I be- I'm so on board with that. Um, I've seen that a lot in people just like, because drink can just, it can absolutely turn you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it peels, I mean, what it, you know, it strips your inhibitions. Yeah. So it's like peeling you back to your kind of rawest emotional core that's there. And, you know, I, I, I like to say I'm better than I was. Like at, at worst, I think second year at uni, I dedicated a lot of time to becoming a wine alcoholic, mm-hmm. and I was drinking like me and a friend of mine who was also going through mental health struggles. And this was one of those things where it's like we are really good friends. We did genuinely care about each other, but I think we probably made each other worse for a while because yeah. we were drinking a bottle of wine each every night, like every night of the week. Wow. Um, yeah, and it's and it just you just feel terrible in the morning, and it's. You know, it's hard to do anything. And insofar as the things that help are routine, creative outlets, you know, just physically being healthier. Yeah. It's difficult yeah. to do any of that when, when you're drunk every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, equally though, I, I, you know, it's not like I don't drink at all. I think just know, you know, know your own moods well enough. Know that if you feel like maybe it's not a good idea to drink, it's probably not a good idea to drink. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. I'm trying to, think of some helpful advice but uh i haven't got any <laughs> i think one of the interesting things about drinking is it i think it'll either immediately make things worse by you know putting you in a in a raw space emotionally and obviously you know not making your brain work correctly yeah um but also that's not always the issue the, sometimes the issue can be it's just a temporary solution it stops you caring but then, like any, like going back to the neck bleeding analogy, that just Again. puts. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. I can't get over it. Um, Are you trying longer... to tell us something? <laughs> yeah, could somebody call an ambulance? I'm actually dying. <laughs> um, you know, the longer you don't deal with that, you'll in in that case you'd either die from bleeding out or it'll get horribly infected if you don't deal with that. You know, that's kind of how I feel about drinking. If you yeah, 
if you are really going through something, if you're drinking just to not be thinking about it, then it's just going to pile up and eventually you will be forced to deal with it in a much less accessible way because it will have piled up and it probably won't be something you can deal with at an opportune time because you're more likely to have a sort of, uh, you know, a panic attack or, or a breakdown, whatever is likely mm. to affect you depending on what your issues are. Yeah. Um, Rory, I'm really fascinated with the, um, the gambling, uh, mm-hmm. problem that you had. Cause it, I think this is the first I'm hearing of it. Um, it's actually and not. I've never... I brought it up on my podcast when you were on, just <laughs> off the cuff, but you might have thought See, it was a joke at the time. <laughs> I probably did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, like, so, because for me, like, I just couldn't, I just can't comprehend ever, mm. ever, ever, my hard-earned money ever <laughs> putting it in. I don't even have that much. Why would I, like? Yeah. What? So I just want to know, like, what was it that was it? Just like a hey, I'm bored. Oh, this is kind of cool. That just kind of spiraled, or you know? Yeah. Well, that that's pretty much exactly. It. Yeah. I've always kind of uh, well, I always used to gamble like, and I'm more controlled and like put a tenner on a, a sports like event or whatever like kind of way. Like and, okay, uh, but yeah, and I just kind of got worse the more, and I was like, I was bored and depressed, so it was kind of the combination of those two things that kind of led right. to to where the the problem came from, because I was just sitting online, not wanting to do anything else, but like just either betting on like sports events or playing blackjack or slots online. And that is a slippery slope. Some of the most boring games as well. Blackjack is not <laughs> a boring game. <laughs> Which is not an argument I should be making right now, but... <laughs> no, to be fair, Blackjack is a lot of fun. I love Blackjack. I loved Blackjack. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't I, re- I don't really know how to play it or what, so I'll just... I'll, I'll take your word on that one. Yeah, it's a good one. You should start. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I did enjoy blackjack a great deal. I'm not recommending it to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to definitely talk to you guys about was how do I put this? I'm having real trouble with words today, which is great. Um, what was it sort of in sort of the darkest times that you've had, or the like? What sort of what was it that pulled you out uh you know we've already spoken about you know friends and whatnot but was there anything Mm. else that kind of helped you know you out in those situations well with the gambling problem the minute i realized i had the problem and was able to say it out loud i was done with it it actually just like it wasn't hard to quit once i realized that it was a problem and That's really it. impressive. Yeah, it yeah. was weird. The minute, like, it was actually like when I phoned my mum and I was crying and I told her, I, there was no way I was ever gambling again. And I knew that at that moment. And That's I, amazing. And That's good. It was just the ability to admit it and, like, hear myself say it. That I realised that it was a stupid thing to get involved with, like, to that degree. Not that, like, I don't, I don't, like, think gambling's a bad thing necessarily. I think the way I did it was bad. Uh, and mm. I don't judge Using, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> spicy, spicy take. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a great habit if you win. 
Yeah, I, I, like my mum like went on a big crusade against like gambling sites and everything like that, and I was like, "Mum, they weren't a problem. It was me." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm not judging anyone that uh. does gamble at all. But yeah, it was just the minute I was able to look at myself from the outside, basically, and go, "That is what you're doing is wrong." There, I was able to pull myself out pretty easily. Not financially, but mentally but still like even from a willpower point of view that's that's great that's really because i i I found it i I still find you know i'm I'm still well i was still in therapy and then the course came to an end and then they were like yeah you can just re-refer yourself but then the local hospital nhs trust guidelines or something changed that's another problem if you're in this country or i guess most countries um mental health care is terrible oh my god it's so bad it's it's not yeah. even it like it's a it's an actual joke. There's just no money being put into it, and we are literally losing lives because of it. You yeah, know, it's, it's just not being taken as seriously as it should. Yeah, I mean, like the NHS is being cut across the board, but mental health care is like almost a complete afterthought. And also, yeah. even some some GPs, like I had to switch doctors a few times. But um. The, 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 the kind of roundabout point of that is like, I'm out of therapy right now, but I'm still on antidepressants. Um, but even now, even with that sort of a little bit of extra clarity, it's still very hard for me to tell when something's a cause and when something's a symptom mm. and what to do about it. So oh. the idea that I could say objectively, this is a problem. I will not do it anymore. That's mind boggling. Yeah. Well, it didn't, yeah, but that kind of was the symptom. I was kind of getting rid of the symptom. I still had like, problems obviously it was just mm. i was able to cut that part of it out which did actually help because i stopped because i was able to admit that like to my parents and stuff and start getting financial help with financial problems that were caused by it were making me worse obviously so that cutting that out did help a lot but it was just cutting out a symptom i think that's a really interesting point actually talking because I think sometimes people have, it can be hard for some people to really fight to get better because they don't realize that you can't just get better as it is. You know, you, you'll you'll yep. always have something. It's about moving forward and thinking about what you can change, but you shouldn't, you can't have this end game where everything is pretty and, you know, you're on the other side of the hill and the grass is greener. It's yeah. more about how you're going to make it up the hill. That's what needs to be on your mind. And that, you know, so absolutely. things like stopping gambling is a really positive step. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, r- routine is definitely the one thing that, and, 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 you know, as you say, you're never going to fully be well. And, uh, I mean, some people might be actually, maybe you will be, but it's kind of an unreasonable yeah. expectation, I guess. And yeah, yeah, routine is the only thing I've found that like regularly, you know, I would try and, and, and it's hard to do because it's like, I'll know rationally, okay, what I need to do is I need to give myself something that I objectively have to get out of bed for. Like, I have to do yeah. this. Yep. And every instinct in my, um, in my sort of emotional makeup will be telling me, no, don't do that. Don't do anything. Stay in bed. Yeah, I know so exactly what you mean. When it, when, like, when you're at your lowest, like, it's so easy. It's, it's to stay sinking is so easy. Mm. It's finding something to motivate you, something um, to you know get you going is is really important. Yeah, man, it's it's just so hard. 
It's like that, you know, it's such a cliche, but that first step is so difficult. Like I had to be, it, you know, if we're talking about it in terms of the first step, I had to be physically pushed, you know, as I've said, like, yeah, like physically confined in a space until yeah. I did something about it. Yeah. Um, and I had to yeah, it's, actually have no money. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's like how far you have to go. Yeah. I wonder if that is sometimes part of it because, you know, with most uh, sort of, how do I put it, like body illnesses, it's always try and catch it as early as possible. But with mm. when you when it's not physical and you can't see it, it's so easy to be like, well, this is normal, isn't it? This is this is just what everyone feels. This is how I've always felt. Yeah. And to keep and then you just keep going down, and then it's until it becomes to the point where it's like you can't do anything but notice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's 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 hard to notice as well, because especially if it's been going on long term and undiagnosed, where you're like, is this normal? What? Is-? And then you start thinking of yourself as abnormal, which isn't helpful yeah. either. Yeah. And sometimes it it's not even that. I think there's a lot of, especially at the moment, and definitely when you know people start first speaking out about mental health, um, there are a lot of people who jumped on this bandwagon of being like, oh yes, this is me, I'm depressed without diagnosis. And I feel like that has created a lot of confusion of what it really is, like because you can be depressed and not have diagnosed depression. You can mm. feel anxious without having, you know, general anxiety or social anxiety. You know, as a, a self-diagnosis is definitely um, really dangerous. And yeah, definitely. And you wouldn't sit there and be like, I diagnose myself with haemophilia. I... <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I will be able to diagnose myself with bleeding from my neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I diagnosed myself with appendicitis once. So yeah, I mean, can right? we just clarify that bleeding from your neck is not a real illness? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just, just love tired. the attention. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I think it's really important to make sure you're you're seeking help if if it is true don't don't go on social media to talk about it because that's dangerous mm. Mm. talk to someone in, and don't get me wrong it's getting so much better like there are counseling apps and stuff like that now i've never used one but you know i've oh, looked at it and like that is such a great step definitely i'm not saying internet's bad stay away um but just be careful with um how you're using it yeah in that talk about self-diagnosis obviously because they from a sort of from a medical standpoint and things like that it's all very complicated so it is dangerous to self-diagnose but also if you are at all concerned you have a problem then it's very important to acknowledge that. I think it's just important that people understand that we're not saying, you know, always make sure you've gotten a super professional opinion before you're willing to accept that you might need one, if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely not what I was, I meant by that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I know. I just wanted to make sure that clarify. was clarified. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, it's very important to 
feel to sort of recognise like, oh, something isn't quite right here, and then you go and then you go and try and you know ha- find ways to help yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I guess because it, it, you know, it, it does it does seem like because I I was I was indulging in both these types of um, of of denial simultaneously for quite a long time. Cognitive dissonance is a hell of a drug, isn't it? I was, <laughs> I, I was, I was at the same time saying, um, "Well, I already know that I'm depressed, so I don't need to go to the doctor, and I'm nowhere near depressed enough to bother going to a doctor. Um, I'm fine." I was saying both those things, like sometimes within the same conversation. Yeah, and I think it's like that. Both of those are wrong. You know, you can't diagnose yourself, but also if you suspect something's wrong, follow it up. Yeah. Yes. It's kind of interesting, actually, you've brought up on your podcast before, Alex, that I've been quite fascinated by is you talking about how like, you're a musician and that's quite a sort of, there's quite this sort of romanticised idea of artists and musicians and depression. There's there's kind of a link there between, like, creativity in that field and, like, sort of thinking of yourself as depressed in a way like that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, I, I I really love I really love recording that episode actually because it, it's 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 such it's it's been so romanticized mm. everywhere in media, and it's the idea that you have to be sad and that you know if you're not sad you can't produce great art and you know art has to be reflective of sadness and it's just utterly toxic. Yeah, that's so true. And on top of that as well, kind of uh, also um, like in films and stuff, the kind of like rebel outcast kind of character, like. Mm kind of these sort of people who just like kind of live in the shadows and no one talks to them they're, but they're kind of like the hero but then and it, it and again it sort of romanticizes that but then they rise up and you know yeah 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 she's all pretty at the end or whatever you yeah. know like that also is totally dangerous because that as someone who was the outcast in school that is that is not what it's like it yeah, is definitely. not good yeah, that's not how it goes. And yeah, also, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say I like worshipped James Dean through my teens, so it's <laughs> very much that for me. So. Yeah, media yeah, well, is a he, really you know he weird... lived a long and happy life. I <laughs> know <laughs> older really... than he ever was. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so wild. Yeah, <sighs> media has this really odd way of portraying mental health. Where it's all yeah. like, well, as I was talking before, it's nearly always if there's a depressed character in a film or something, by the end of the film, they're, you know, they're over the hill and the grass and they're happy forever and they're cured. Yeah. And it's just not the way it works. And it, I, frankly, it's insane that by far our best representation of mental health and fictitious characters in, you know, in this day and age is that of a cartoon horse on Netflix. Oh yes. my god, that is so true. <laughs> yeah. And if no one knows what he, he's referencing, it's Bojack Horseman. Um, yeah, which is a phenomenal show. And if you do feel like you suffer from things, but it, I I think it actually kind of is cathartic because it's bizarrely, seeing as it's completely absurd, it's actually a pretty realistic interpretation of Absolutely. how people can hone yeah. in on destructive behaviors and amplify them. Yeah, and the effect it has on people. Well, you don't notice it at all yourself if you think you might be doing that. Yeah, and, okay. and the most recent season is really good at um, at warning. Kind of, it's like it's addressing its audience and being like, 
don't hide behind this. Don't shelter behind this idea that everything's okay because there's a TV character like you. Like, this is definitely not okay. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I think that show exactly. does is that, that, that this sort of media that you were talking about, Maisie, the media that, that most media doesn't do, is most media presents depression as just sort of something that, that happens or mental illness or out- outcastism or struggles is just something that happens uh, to people who are otherwise fundamentally unaffected. But I think Bojack Horseman is that rare example of a show that shows that actually people who are struggling can be real shitty and hard to be around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not easy. It's not e- easy to deal with, and it's not easy to see. Um, mm. It's not easy. It, it's not always easy to... It, it's referencing what we said at the beginning. It's not always easy to be there for someone, yep. especially when they don't want it. And it's, and it's all about kind of learning how to help them and to help yourself. Yep. So I'm actually not as old as James Dean was when he died yet. <laughs> But yeah. I also acted, I also accidentally searched for the wrong James Dean and I got the porn star first. <laughs> um, and he is still alive. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, there's hope for us yet. You answered that real quick. <laughs> yeah. I think I've got like another 150 days until I'm older than James Dean ever was. Good. The dead one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted It'll to... be hard to catch up to the living one. Oh, I'm catching him. I'm catching him up. Um, I wanted to uh, talk to you guys as well, especially I wanted a male perspective. Um, again, this is another media thing, ha- especially with looks. Um, how ha- how do you think that has kind of um, affected you? You mean like seeing like good looking guys and being like, <laughs> is that what you're getting at? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, or just a more exposed. Uh, to uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I feel like there's both a distorted view for men and women on what mm. you know the body should look like and stuff like that. And do you, do you want to talk about? Like. Do you want to talk about how how it how it's affected you first from the sort of from the woman's perspective and then and then we'll try and give our takes on it from from the man's. Uh, can do. I mean, because I was just wondering, like if it affects men I'm assuming it probably does affect men in the same way that it affects women but like for instance like I check in the mirror every day to make sure that I haven't put on weight mm. yeah I mean yeah I think I actually I think in terms of like public perceptions I think yeah. there's definitely getting more pressure on men than there has been in the past uh, in terms of appearance with yeah. stuff like you know, just to take a sort of basic example, stuff like Love Island, which I love. I really enjoy that show. <laughs> um, but like, it's just rare that you're seeing like the, these sort of chiseled Greek god looking guys. And that's kind of presented as, yeah, this is how you should look. Yeah. Um, so I think in terms of wider culture, it's definitely more, more prevalent, I think, over the past maybe half decade or so. Yeah. Um, uh, with the advent of the internet really taking off and, you know these sort of idols of human beings on in on for both men and women it's you know you you have something to always be comparing yourself to and kind of it it I can really affect you but uh, then even even before that i was never really happy with the way i looked like yeah but i'm not sure how much of that is external how much of it is just general self-hatred like i i still think 
I'm pretty fundamentally unattractive. Like, and that whole like checking out, like if you've put on weight, I mean, it's not like I go out of my way to look at it, but there is a mirror in my room. And, um, if I'm like getting ready for bed, I'll, I'll, I'll look at myself and I'll be like, God, you're fat. Or occasionally <laughs> I'll be like, Oh, you're okay. So yeah, you know, it is a kind of an omnipresent anxiety and it, it always kind of has been, I guess, for me. Yeah. I don't, that I have problems with my, myself, but I don't like look at it to that degree. But I definitely know men who do, and men who have mm. had problems because of that mental issues and eating disorders, even because of things like that. So it does it does affect men, not me personally. I don't think, but it definitely does affect men. My <laughs> my hairline is really receding at the moment, and it's been stressing me out so much. Mm. It's it's honestly been a huge level of anxiety to me because I'm pretty young for that to be happening yeah yeah i've seen that happen a lot like that can um a lot of uh guys when their hair starts receding it gets a bit a a bit much yeah because i've i've always had a big old head um and this is this is one of those things that i've asked my doctor about it's one of those i mean to be fair this was at the, <laughs> this was at a similar time when I once became convinced that I've been circumcised and no one had told me. So it maybe wasn't the sanest worry I've ever had. But, um, <laughs> you thought people were just lying to you. <laughs> yeah, I thought they'd been lying. I was like, I, I was, this was while I was at uni again. This was in, in third year, you know, it was, it was like, you know, not, not just depression, anxiety, but actually kind of probably losing my mind to some degree. But yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, like I was ready to call up my my dad and be like, "Why didn't you tell me I'm circumcised?" I'm circumcised before. Um, <laughs> the reason I'm before... laughing Wait, I've got... so hard. Now I've got to ask: Are you? No. <laughs> what? Did you just... right. How did you convince yourself that you might be if you're not? Well, I just I just realised I didn't know, didn't know that I wasn't. <laughs> 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 the reason I'm laughing so hard at that is because that actually happened to a friend of mine as well. Really? Oh, it turned out they were. Well, he does. He never. He never asked. <laughs> but he's fairly confident here. I mean, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> yeah. I would have thought it'd be more obvious. You think, mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't well. know. I, I I looked at. I did a lot of googling that day. <laughs> a lot of Google image searches. Oh, that'd be an awkward thing for someone to walk in on. A lot of pictures of circumcised versus uncircumcised penises. <laughs> I'm just seeing which I prefer. Just <laughs> checking them out for when I check them Picture of your penis to compare which is the most similar <laughs> to make a good decision. Yeah. But uh, no, I see. I in my mind, he's printed them out. Sorry. In my mind, he's printed them out, and he's just like looking in the mirror, and he's just yeah, you've. <laughs> Got the exact like measuring it up. You slapped yours no, on a I... table and you put a picture either side and you're just thinking which one does this look the most like? No, what what I did was um it was like a police lineup. <laughs> I had <laughs> I had photos of me and photos of circumcised and uncircumcised dicks and <laughs> I was getting witnesses to, to point at them. <laughs> <laughs> You've reached a level of absurdism in this mental health podcast. <laughs> yeah, you were building to a point there, I think, and we got caught up in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. And then, um, well, and then some of the <laughs> that they met in the police lineup and it became a usual suspects type situation. <laughs> One of them was Kaiser Sose all along. <laughs> um, you were saying something about your hair. Body you image. Of- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry. 
Um, but yeah, you know, I, I got real worried about my hairline receding because it turns out I've just always had a big forehead. But I, I would like, I was like, well, how would I know? And this, this is serious, such a recurring thing. It's an uncertainty. Like, I want to know if it's receding, but how would I ever know? Mm. So I thought about getting a, like a tattoo on my hairline. <laughs> and then if, if that became visible, yeah. then I would not. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second to get what you meant. <laughs> But like that, that was that. Yeah, you know, that's the extent to which I, I was I was worried about it. And in the end, I think I, I I think I went to my doctor and was like, "Is my hairline receding?" And he had a look at it and was like, "I don't think so." And I was like, well, "Why is my forehead so big?" And he's like, "You just have a big forehead." This <laughs> is the, the most counterproductive thing you can do. Just make it more just... noticeable that your hairline receding by having a line on your forehead. Well, who I think that was a motivator the whole outline of his hairline. <laughs> well, so I've just got a line around my face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that would have been hell to get lasered as well. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, talk about body image. I make a big effort to just not go... I haven't weighed myself in a very long time because I know it will upset me if I do. Um, mm. one, of, one of the things that really helped me when I was really helped me with depression uh, for a long time is that I was in a very loving relationship. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that obviously helped with is there exists someone who is so into me that they will openly identify as being so into me that they don't want to be with anybody else. Yeah. And then it's a lot easier to feel like, oh, I'm definitely an attractive person with a good body. And when that relationship ended, that measure of confidence in my own body really disappeared and I felt much worse than I had in a very long time on top of the fact that I was obviously depressed because I'd had a breakup. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean that that is an interesting one because I I mean being being alone is bad. <laughs> I'm on that on a t shirt. Um <laughs> thank you for listening to this. <laughs> but um but yeah, you know, in a way, maybe it would be worse to 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 have that confidence and reassurance, and kind of it would become a background thing where you wouldn't even notice that it was an issue. And then once that ends, you must be like, "Shit, now I'm worried about this thing that I haven't been worried about for ages." Yeah, I think it it also it also interests it. It's also interesting because it highlights um, where you were drawing your self worth from. Mm, so it's like you were drawing yourself worth from the fact that someone else was with you from being with someone else and i kind of know what you mean when i was i mean this is it is totally different um but with the self-worth thing when i was um in school so uh when when you do your gcses and stuff like i was doing so well like, I did really good, got really good grades, and then I go to A-level, and they just tell you, oh, it's so much harder now, and don't teach you how, you know, to, I don't know, write essays better or whatever. Mm. And, and and so my grades went down, and that was it. My self-worth was gone, like, and it really killed my creativity. And, like, suddenly, like, all these things I thought were what made me a good person was just gone all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, I understand mm. that. Yeah, which which I guess leads us to 
a, a more general point about sort of because obviously the, the the end goal presumably like the the thing that all the all the kind of guides on mental health say is like your valuing yourself shouldn't be conditional you should just be able to be like well i matter and that's that yeah but it seems like we've all associated our self-worth with something that's external mm. yeah in the yeah. past i think it's how do we it's how do we avoid this thing to do really because yeah. it's such an easy default to come into because especially if you are really suffering from mental health problems it can be quite easy i think to not be your biggest fan and, yes but then you have that default where you think yeah no i i i agree that that's true for anybody and if you're not if you're not really loving who you are just because you have a hard time really finding that sense of self-value if you have something which is kind of objectively like i am the best at this you know i am ridiculous example but say i am the best at tetris or something in the world you know you can be like well i don't like a lot of things about myself but i am sick at tetris i'm the best in tetris of the world i'm using an example that could be anything just to make mm. the point um, but then what if someone beats you at tetris well, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what i'm saying as soon that's as dangerous. as soon as somebody beats your high score at tetris you have no other outlet but to focus on the things you don't like about yourself and that causes a spiral and a much a kind of belated lack of confidence that you were putting off by just focusing on external things and not holding self-value. Yeah, definitely don't put that much stock in Tetris either. That's a bad move. <laughs> yeah. I've never played it. I don't think I've even played it once. It's actually You've really never played addictive. Tetris? And I'd say that as someone who has obviously admitted to being <laughs> addicted, easily addicted <laughs> to things. But Tetris, Tetris gets right into your head. Yeah, Tetris. Um, Everyone I know that has got right into Tetris has had dreams about Tetris. Yeah, I I got that with um. I think it's it's the simplicity in the sort of geometric shapes. I got yeah. that with twenty forty eight as well. You know that numbers one. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'd be like I'd be like walking down the street and I'd t- I'd see two things that looked similar, <laughs> and in my mind I'd be like, I could swipe them together and get one bigger thing. <laughs> and I think know rationally I... that wasn't possible. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, I, do you ever get that with Tetris where like you're packing your bag and you're like, yeah. if I put this here, it's all gonna disappear. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you know I, it's not, but I think yeah. if I ever meet someone who's better than guitar better at guitar hero than me, that might be a big issue for me. <laughs> <laughs> I never got into that. I know a guy that's really good at it for like some reason, but he's and he's so into it. And everyone I meet that's right into it is also pretty good at guitar. And I don't understand why you would get so into playing a plastic fake guitar if you could play guitar. <laughs> they're all uh, really different. Yeah. They, they are, are real, they're, they're, they're hugely different. different. I know, yeah, I know. I, I play I both as well. I've played both as well. But I just want to know like, why you would want to play that over playing an actual guitar. I did it because I was good at Guitar Hero and bad at real guitar. <laughs> and now I'm amazing at Guitar Hero and ish at guitar <laughs> that's still progress though so well done on that one <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i think Thank i, I, think I just did it because it was it was just a fun thing to do with mates plus once they released the sort of the band ones i, yeah. I, had, I had rock band and then kind of dropped off the whole thing oh that yeah was rock great. band was great <laughs> yeah because you get to like you know you know when i was actually playing in bands you never had all these like screaming cgi people clapping for you <laughs> 
yeah. that I was aware of. And, <laughs> you know, you had that on Rock Band. This is obviously not at all relevant to what we're supposed to be doing, but if any of you guys play Guitar Hero Live, because no, that's no. so funny, that's the most recent Guitar Hero game, and instead of having CGI people, they film two sets, one where the concert is going fantastically and one where the concert is going terribly, and you can't lose. <laughs> and if you're just doing really bad, it just switches to the scene where all of your bandmates are just looking at you with death in their eyes. Everybody has these signs that are just like the most stock image things ever, where it's just like, you're bad, but like really glittered up. Someone really put effort into making a you're bad sign in case oh, they need great. it. It's so in case funny. they need it for the show. Yeah. And oh, then that's you, great. Can't, you can't get good enough again to get back to the everybody loves you screen where everyone worships you because you're laughing at how terrible the other scene is <laughs> that does sound a lot of fun it also sounds like it could be quite damaging for yourself right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well brought back to the topic yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to take everything with a pin I think um, it's really important to especially with uh, the media and it's really rubbish portrayals of you know, mental health. I think it's mm. really important to um, take a step back sometimes and be like, this isn't personal against me. Yeah. They're doing this because it makes them money. It's They're dramatizing it because that's what makes money. This is actually not a reflection on who I am and it's not nothing to do with me or what the actual um, condition or whatever is actually like. Yeah. Unless it's Bojack Horseman, then it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely it's a good me. source. Just trust it on its <laughs> on its base level. Just trust Bojack Horseman. Yeah, but it's like, have you guys seen that that meme where it's like, um, it's like texts are coming through, and it's like, depression says everyone hates you, and then anxiety says no one cares enough about you to hate you, or or maybe the other oh, way around. Yeah. I think it's the other way around. And I think it's very easy to get caught into that sort of a spiral to be like, yeah. oh, everyone's conspiring against me or, or, or like, you know, this, these things are designed to make me feel bad. And then when you realize that they're not, you can get kind of overwhelmed and go too far the other way and be like, oh, God, nothing, you know, no one thinks about me at all. Yeah, I know exactly. Like, for a long period of my life, I didn't really have any friends. I mean, I know I'm so charming. I mean, how, you know, could that possibly be the case? I know what you're thinking, but um, for a long time I didn't have uh, any friends, and so when I suddenly had some, all of a sudden, I like didn't know what to do, and so I also had that kind of voice in my head being like, "They don't actually like you; they're just pitying you." This oh is... yeah, yeah. And then, and then also like, if anything kind of fell out of balance, I was like, "This is my fault. I'm the Charlie yep. Brown of the group." Like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Charlie Brown, it wasn't all his fault, though, because what's-her-name was always pulling that football away, wasn't she? Yeah, that... Lucy? I was about to swear really badly, and I stopped myself. <laughs> I, yeah, I say, I nearly just dropped a C-bomb. <laughs> Same. That's exactly what I was going to say. You guys have some strong opinions about Lucy. <laughs> well, come on. I mean, she just is, though, isn't she? Yeah, she's no good. <laughs> We're not going to say it. We're not going to say it. This is a safer work podcast. Yeah. But it will be once I'm done with it, unfortunately. <laughs> I won't be editing so many beeps. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, oh, Charlie Brown was the star of the show, though. Well, no, Snoopy was. But Charlie Brown was second, then. Um... <laughs> I like the bird. 
Uh, Woodstock. <laughs> yeah, Woodstock. Woodstock's my fave. He's also kind of a, <laughs> d- but I'm, I'm a big fan. Just count. Do you need to swear that out? I, I have no idea. I don't know iTunes policy. I'll be honest. I'll look at it. Probably do it just in case, and then it'll sound really bad. <laughs> yeah. Let's find out. Does <laughs> count? It'll be really BB as well, so people can think that we're saying something just horrific, and we're like, "Is that count? Is that bad?" Oh my god! Just some sort of so horrible I, I racial just, slur. I just searched. Does count? <laughs> <laughs> And it came up with a bunch of suggested things from your history about uncircumcised and circumcised. (laughs) No, the second result is is an image that just says... (laughs) This will have to get cut. I'm really sorry to derail. Um, It says, does count as leg day asking for a friend? I say absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I was not expecting you guys to just just answer that. Go on to that. See if there's a place to answer Say yeah. Um, just say absolutely yes. Next question. <laughs> it's just an image with that written on it. It's not even on a forum. Because they knew the answer. They didn't actually want people to talk. They knew in their heart. They just wanted to put is. that out in, in the world so people would be thinking about it. I, maybe it's one of those things where you think it and then you have to kind of get it out of your head <laughs> yeah. into other people's. Yeah, you it's just it. spread it's it like, like a, a virus. It's just one of those rhetorical questions for everyone to think about. <laughs> like the tree falling in the woods thing. If the tree falls oh, in the woods, um, does count as like that? Okay. Well, I was just gonna say about um, about the whole falling in forest. Um, there's a. <laughs> okay, let's debate this. Let's <laughs> not tie back no, because if no, this ties no. back, I need to leave this whole thing in. And <laughs> no, no, no. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say there's a song from Dear Evan Hansen where the lyrics are: "If you're falling in a forest, then there's nobody around." Do you ever really crash or even make a sound? And I think that that's actually really poignant in that, you know, if you feel like alone and, and lost, if you're, and you're like shouting for help and, you know, is anyone mm. actually going to come help you? Yeah. And so a lot of people just won't say anything. And that's probably like the worst thing you can do. It's so important to mm. yeah, ask yeah, yeah. for help. It's really, it's a really hard thing to do to ask for help. And like, you know, I've been there and, and I've asked for help and not got it, but you've got to at least try. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, definitely it's, it's that back. Yeah, I need to leave that whole thing. Can, <laughs> uh, but so yes, I've just you're Googled, absolutely right, and that was great. I've just Googled Dear Evan Hansen. I didn't know what this was, but this sounds very relevant. Way more oh, relevant it- than whether <laughs> counts as leg day. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that. Do you want to explain what Dear Evan Hansen is, just to the to the listeners? Um, it's a it's a musical. Um, it's the plot is basically about um a kid who um you know is struggling and is kind of in denial about what's happened to him, and he's going back to school and he's got a broken arm. He's on uh you know certain medication for anxiety and stuff, and Mm. um. He, um, you know, and he's got a, his challenge from um, his counsellor is to write a letter to himself with a pep talk. So, dear Evan Hansen, um, today's going to be a great day in his why. And, um, and, uh, so he's writing this letter and someone comes across it and thinks that it's, um, a way of bullying them because it's got something about his sister in it. 
Right. And then later on, it turns out that this kid actually kills himself. And he's got the Dear Evan, note, uh, Evan Hansen note on him, and they think it's a suicide note, and that they were best friends. Oh, shit. That's a really interesting story, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting, and it's... And then it becomes... And that all happens at the beginning, so that's not spoilers. Um, but um, then it's about kind of how he spirals into all these lies because he gets treated so nicely by this family and it's kind of the thing he's always wanted. And, you know, it's about them grieving and him coming to terms with, um, you know, uh, his lies and you know, the outcome of it. And some of it's actually good. Um, and then, you know, but yeah, and the music is amazing. And it really, yeah, I guess it is really relevant. Yeah, yeah, because, um, and then I guess it seems like it might address those themes, some of the stuff we've been talking about. I mean, obviously there's there's overlap, but also um, specifically addressing those themes of like almost what you were just saying about this whole like falling in the forest. You've got to you've got to ask for help even if it goes badly. But then, what if you wind up getting help through a lie, or things wind up getting better through a lie? Because mm. it it can definitely be really tempting, especially when you you're feeling at your lowest to be like, I don't care. I just want to not be feeling or not be suffering this alone anymore. Yeah. And it does get quite tempting to... Or even to be like, I don't want to be me anymore. Yeah. pretend to be someone else, you know. Yeah, to, uh, to lie and fabricate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially with, you know, the internet becoming the biggest thing in the world. Like, it's so easy to do. I, it is so easy to just just live in that world of, like, pretending not to be you and escaping your problems that way, but you're not really escaping them. You're just pushing them back. Yeah. 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 Should we do our ending what we think is the best thing to do? Yeah, what um yeah, so guys, what um kind of advice we've all just been talking about our sort of <laughs> problems and stuff like that. Um and thank and also thank you guys for doing this with me and for uh sharing your experiences and, and being vulnerable and that's that's really awesome. So thank you guys for doing this. Thank you for for organizing it and and yeah. everything, yeah, and giving us giving us I guess this space to talk about this stuff as well because it's it's weird. It's one of those things where I always think that I've talked about it a lot, and then once you get into it, you're like, there's still so much to kind of yeah, yeah. to go through yeah, and to share totally. Um, but yeah, so we'll wrap it up now. But um, uh, I tasked you all with finding some sort of helpful advice or information, something that you want to put out there um, that might have helped you. Um, so if you just take it in turns to talk about that. Yes. Something that has really helped me, especially with like mild depression and stuff, um, is, and sort of taking my mind off of any other problems I've had, has been exercise, specifically for me running. But any kind of like physical activity can be really helpful for a few reasons. Partially just because it changes your brain chemistry in a positive way which is like surprise it works surprisingly well and partially because it sort of well and you like it sort of makes you fatter which will in turn make you feel better about yourself and hopefully 
help with your mental health and something about a long run that can give you a good time to think and out of it just gets you away from things for a little while to have I think which I really like about it and yeah like the brain chemistry thing is like it sounds like something that like fitness people just say all the time but it really works I noticed myself I did a half marathon for the first time last year and well done. <laughs> yeah congrats that that is insane and you're doing a run tomorrow as well yeah it's another half marathon tomorrow so it was about a year ago that I did this uh, for the first time and I just after I, I did it like I was running because I was really unfit before for like maybe like until about like three months before it, I started to train really hard I was running three times a week and then I just after it I just kind of stopped and I noticed myself feeling down so quickly after it, and it took me a long time to work out why. And it like, and I was feeling stressed all the time and and down. And I noticed that the only difference between the month before and now was that I wasn't running three times a week. And you don't need to run three times a week. Doing anything helps. And I just noticed the the huge difference that it made to my to my like way of thinking. I think I hate the idea of exercise. I don't think I hate exercise. I think I hate the idea of exercise. <laughs> yeah, That's why I don't yeah. do any. I totally get that. Yeah, I always, I, I agree that it, it, it absolutely does help, it, and you can notice it. You can notice it in real time that you yeah. just feel better once you've done it. But the idea of getting up to do it sucks. You're like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, oh, yeah. go for a run. But yeah. once you've done it, you, you feel much better. So it's just hard to get off that hump, but it's absolutely want- rewarding. <laughs> The thing is, I don't want to go outside where people can see me. <laughs> well, go like, to the gym, then. <laughs> I, I've done that, but, like... And you know what? I do like it when I'm there, but I don't mm. want to... I just don't... I just can't pay for that. Yeah, no, yeah. I, that, yeah. I actually don't yeah, go to yeah, the gym. Yeah. I run outside, like, because I much prefer it. And it's better for training for, like, a half marathon if you do actually run outside, because you're going to be running outside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I prefer to like, and if you do that, like if you don't want somebody to see you, go five o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? And I know that's hard. You itself. are asking too much. <laughs> of I know. Like I don't do that, but like if you really want to avoid people, then that's when you've got to do it. When do you think I go to bed? I've got a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, yeah, and yeah, you're so right. Like everything I've ever heard, like totally agrees with that. Mm. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like I never would have realised how how big a difference it could make until I started doing it myself. Cool. So does someone so. else want to share their info? Uh, this is this is one of those things where it's like a, it feels really hypocritical to be like, here's what definitely helps because I feel like I feel like sometimes when when I hear people say that I'm like, ah, oh, you know, you fucking solved your problem then. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, cut out the obviously the swear word. That's fine. Or all of it. Um, but, and I've said it a couple of times already that the one thing I find does help, and it kind of comes from, from a, from a, you know, taking note and really checking in with yourself and being like, actually, am I okay? Is this okay? Cause the, and then obviously, you know, that, that's not foolproof. Um, like there are definitely things where I was like, you know, especially in the past, I've been definitely aware that it's not okay and still avoiding it. But the thing that I find really helps with that is just having a routine. So just set yourself a, you know, I have to get up and it helps for me. Like, you know, one, one upside to having to, to live back with my parents again now, which is what I'm doing. 
which is great. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but that that's that like I can kind of offset some of the mental workload of that to them and be like, yeah. what, you know, make sure I'm awake at a certain time. Just just literally just kind of wake me up and be like, you know, get up. Um, and you know, I'll try and I'll try and schedule work for not super early, but early enough that I need to get up. I'll try and kind of fill my days ahead of time. And I find that if you have stuff that you, you should be doing, and this includes, you know, I'll schedule in breaks. I'll schedule in, um, you know, time for time to spend doing creative stuff as well. Don't schedule in too much, but just give yourself a, okay, at this time I need to be doing this. And, you know, it helps to minimize the time that you can spend wallowing. Wallowing's kind of a shitty word, but like, the time you can spend sort of indulging your own sadness. Cause I think it's great if, sure. if, if you're feeling terrible and it's encouraging you to go out and do stuff, but I, I have the opposite where I will just shut down and I won't create and I won't do anything. Um, if I'm like in a real bad mood or I'll do something self-destructive. And it's like, if you, ha- if you schedule in things and say, okay, I have to do this helps if it's a job. Cause then you get paid. But, um, if you say like, if you schedule something in and, and it's like, well, I, I have to do this, it kind of, it seems to take away some of the mental effort for me, at least. Okay. It takes so away the mental effort where it's like, I have to choose to do this. It's like, well, I've already decided I'm going to have to do it because I've already decided. Ah, uh, okay. I get you. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, and I, I also know that that also helps for some other people as well. Um, it's just kind of like having those goals like throughout the day and then you achieve them and then yeah that just feels good telling that back I mean, to men you can apply that yeah. same logic to exercise as well that's kind of how i did it just thinking like that and getting into a routine of exercise yeah yeah, yeah. and that's that's another thing that you know another way that my parents helped me is like i would not go to the gym if i didn't have them you know a few times a week basically waking me up at like early and being like go to the gym <laughs> yeah i wouldn't have the motivation I'm, I'm basically i'm trying to offset my own psychological labor to others <laughs> <laughs> but whatever helps and i'm sure people are happy to help oh uh, they bloody better be yeah <laughs> so that was my rambling bit of advice <laughs> <laughs> no it was good it was good um yeah um one thing i think is really important especially because it's been stigmatized quite a lot is um if you are someone that needs them medication you know Mm. prescribed by a professional is actually can be a huge boost to you when i was really suffering and did not want to be alive um after i moved on to medication it made it a lot easier for me to think okay Mm. what can i do now what can i how can i move forward from this how can I change who I am instead of just wanting to be depressed and sort of being happy to stay depressed and not really wanting to do anything ever? Um, but obviously with the cap, you know, it, it can really change. And I, I know other people who, you know, just, uh, you know, have been really scared of losing until the day that, you know, they were on drugs and it can be really hard to accept that you might need them. Mm. Yeah. But they, yeah, 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 yeah. But they can really change your whole outlook if if that's something you need. So long as you yeah. don't do it with the thinking that it's you know a, a cure. It, it's not a cure. It's yeah. a it's a tool. You yeah. got to yeah, use it like a tool. Definitely. Yeah, it's like um, you know, because there could be a chemical imbalance there. That could be all it is. You know, uh, like we've been saying a lot, like 
everyone's mental health is different. Everyone's, you know, got different ways of um, going through that, whether that is therapy or <laughs> with medication. Yep. Did I say something funny? Were you just laughing at me? I was I coughing. Was coughing. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. How um, dare you? <laughs> I thought you were laughing at me. I, I was like, oh, God, I've said something stupid, haven't I? No, that was a cough. I apologize. Carry on. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, so whether that is, you know, medication <laughs> or, or therapy, either one is fine. Whatever works for you. Yeah. yeah. No, you're not going to be the same as literally anybody else on what is your combination for moving forward and getting better mm. it's it's so complicated and nobody really understands that that's something i really learned going to therapists having a, a degree in 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 molecular medicine and stuff like that and having i actually have tourette's which is another thing that people just don't know how it works they don't they have medicine they've noticed that it can change things but they just don't know what it is really and the same goes for a lot of mental you know there are people who are experts relative to everybody else but nobody knows yeah so it's um so yeah you got to find what works for you you've got to try different things and you have to have faith that if something is working, that you have to move forward with it and keep working with it. Mm. Um, Maisie, what was yes. your thing going to be? Because I would also like to talk about having a creative outlet. Oh, mine one. Uh, so mine was actually a. a so mine's going to be a link uh, in the description to a documentary called Diaries oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of a Broken Mind. Okay. Um, I think it's really useful, especially. Wait, called, called what? Sorry. Diaries of a Broken Mind. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll send you the link. Don't worry about it. Oh, thank you. I don't have to write things. This is great. <laughs> um, but basically, it's this amazing documentary by BBC Three. Um, it's all on YouTube. Um, I've watched it a few times because it's it's especially useful if you're having trouble, maybe getting through to someone. Um, you know, not everyone finds it easy to understand mental health, and I think this is a really good way of showing it to someone how it can Mm. vary um basically what it is it's a documentary filled up um with lots of kind of video diaries from um hundreds of uh, people uh, with different uh mental health um issues and conditions um and it just shows you snippets of their lives and what they're going through you know it talks about medication um and it talks about lots of other stuff um and it really is, and all these people are incredible. And I just think everyone should really give this documentary a go because it, it's really, it really shows you, um, you know, what everyone could be going through. Brilliant. All right. Yeah. Can I? Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Cool. Um, I would also like to talk about um having a creative outlet. As I was saying. Drugs are a tool and they're not a cure, so you've got to make sure you compound that with the with something else to keep going. Um, and one thing that's really helped for me is I've realized I understand something. So I, I make a lot of music, and I, often I find after I've written lyrics, suddenly I understand what my problem was. You know what I mean? I, you know, I've yeah. written it down and I get where that was coming from, and it makes it a lot easier for me to process once I know what really is the issue for me. And, you know, a creative outlet doesn't have to be something which is 
obviously creative, like music or art, you know, I find as well. I've, I've only ever written in my life two diary entries and like journal entries and that they were enormously helpful. And just, there was something I realized I needed to do in that time. So if you have trouble processing your thoughts, not knowing, maybe just writing down whatever you're feeling at the end of the day, or when you think you need to just churn something out to try and understand yourself a little better, it can really help you get to grips with who you are. And I know it sounds ridiculous thinking, oh, but how could you not know something about yourself or who you are? But it, it really can help you see what no, you're I, feeling. I, I totally get what you mean, because sometimes you just overthink it. And, um, you know, and like you can also be in denial and all sorts of things. And I think there's something that is a bit more honest when you are writing it down. Yeah. 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 Or start a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and come and join come, this one. Come and come and be on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's interesting, Zach, because both sort of big creative things I've started, the YouTube channel and the podcast, were both after like my I started the YouTube channel after a breakup and I started the podcast after I uh, like basically stopped gambling. Like a month that after. That's so but... interesting. You guys are so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> And it was, just, it was just to focus on something, really. Like, I had the idea for the YouTube channel before, and I just never had the motivation until I was, had a breakup, and then thought, right, I have time, and I need something to do. And it was helpful. I definitely... I was just going to say that I find that co- podcasting definitely helps me, and when I haven't for a while, I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, get, I get that with, with writing and, and and playing music as well. Or I get real antsy if I haven't done it for a while. Yeah. 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 I don't know if it helps, but it certainly doesn't hinder. Awesome. Right. Thank you guys so much for doing this with me. It's been it's been an experience. Yeah, it has. It, we learned I don't know a about lot. you guys, but it was really hard at first. And then I got super into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like a great conversation. Which is a great analogy for how talking about mental health is. It's hard yep. to get off the ground, but it will be rewarding eventually. You might be talking about how whether or not <laughs> is like day. I'm glad you referenced that again. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the the sound of someone who's resigned to having to edit this. I almost referenced it myself when I was talking. I was going to go into different forms of exercise, and then I stopped myself. <laughs> uh, this, you know, this actually has gone remarkably well, though. Yeah. And I've been real proud to be a part of it. So yeah, this is wonderful. Thank you for organising it, Maisie. Yeah, thank yeah you. it's been it was a great idea. It was a it's idea. been fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, it's been wonderful. Thank you, guys. Um, and hopefully, you know, uh, we will be uh, encouraging people to, um, you know, talk about it with with their friends <clears throat> and talk about it a bit more because it's super important and we should all be looking out for each other. Yep. Yeah, ma'am. Definitely. Cool, so um, I'll see you guys for the next session, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we will call that the end.